At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, High Heart Radio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. What's happening, Jeffrey? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Getting ready for uh, you ready for these games to be played, divisional round. Let's get it going. Yeah, let's let's just let's put one on Friday, put one Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we're already putting playoff games on Monday. Just screw up the schedule just further. Spread it out entirely. Uh, we will talk with Bill Krakenberger, hour number two on the show. The return of the Crack Man. He was feeling under the weather last week, so he's back this week. Excited to have him. Will Hill, host of the New York City uh, Cast. He will join us to talk divisional round. Dan Weston to talk Australian Open with us. Dan and I. Matched on both of my picks yesterday. I gave out my picks on this show. Six hours later, Dano puts out his, matches both of them. They both lose. That sometimes will happen. Just stick to the process. And Jeff Schwartz will join us as well. In fact, why don't we just bring in Jeff Schwartz now? Ladies and gentlemen, we thought it would be good for someone who actually played the game at that highest level in football to talk to us about divisional round. We bring in our buddy from the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast, Sirius XM, and of course, uh, so much other things like Fox Sports, so many other outlets like Fox Sports, I should say. It's Jeff Schwartz. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Well, I appreciate it, man. You, you, should I just tell you, everybody, you're coming out of the gym, so you're kind of swole right now? I am, yeah. It was a, it was a back and chest day, did a little bit of a, a treadmill incline walk at the end. And, uh, you know, getting everyone makes New Year's resolution. Mine was just has always been like after college football's over, when I have a little bit more time, I just get back to lifting a little bit more. You know, college, doing covering college football and the NFL full time is a lot of work. I don't get to hit the gym as much as I like during the season. Man, I need to get back in there one day. All right, Jeff, four days, divisional round, or four games, rather, two days of divisional football, beginning with the Titans and the Bengals. Titans favored by three and a half. We believe, uh, by all indications, that Derrick Henry will be activated tomorrow off IR to play for the Titans, and that's obviously the biggest headline here. Bengals coming off the win over the Raiders. How do you see this game, sir? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Titans at the number when it first dropped to what, two and a half, right? Two and a half to three is when the Titans did the one first came. I actually thought this would go the other direction. I thought everyone would be over the Bengals considering the love that, that, that Joe Burrow has gone. I think Tennessee is in a great spot right here. Look, I, I understand that their DVOA and some of their, you know, their advanced numbers aren't great. It doesn't count for injuries, obviously. Um, but they're very well rested. Derrick Henry's back. Now, 
the, the rushing numbers are about the same with or without Derrick Henry, but you know, I think it makes Ryan Tannehill and the offense just feel more more confident, more comfortable. And if you look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers, really the the guy that matters is, is AJ Brown. They're eleven and two in games that he started, and um, his ability to hit the deep pass with AJ Brown increases you know so much more, twenty six percent higher completion percentage. I just think that we look at the Bengals defense. A one of their defensive tackles is out. Two, Trey Henderson is probably going to play, but if, if they don't really have a pass that's outside of him, right? And we've seen the, the team be able to move the ball down the field pretty consistently on them. The question is whether or not Joe Burrow can continue to, to find Jamar Chase and find some of the open receivers. I think mean, he can, but to me, Tennessee is just in a really good spot here. I like Tennessee. Um, I, I wouldn't bet the three and a half. I hate on the, that hook. I just hate it so much. I think they do win the game, though. Let me ask you, as as a former NFL offensive lineman, I always forget now that you're so media, you know, media uh, entrenched now, forget to say at the top, you know, played in the NFL, was offensive lineman uh, for the better part of a decade. So you have the cred to, to answer this question. Ed Fang from the Power Rank uh, analytics site was on with me yesterday, and he was citing how, oh, yeah, the stats are the same, you know, with with Donta Foreman. And I sort of pushed back on that a little bit. We're, we're explained from your perspective why it matters that it's Derrick Henry and not Donta Foreman. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of times we forget to discuss uh, what confidence means to teams, right? You know, people like to use momentum. I like to use the word confidence, right? And I, and this is and we'll get to Tampa Bay, I assume, in a second. It's better explained with I think Tom Brady, but um, you know, there's, there's going to be this this energy and this confidence with Derrick Henry back in the lineup. Anything is possible in offense, right? At any time he can break that lower. Foreman didn't really have that ability to make guys miss the level that, that Derrick Henry has. So if you're an offensive lineman, of course, you're blocking the same if it's Foreman or Henry. But in the back of your mind, you know that, hey, man, if I get this guy good here, Derrick Henry might take this one to the house, right? And that confidence mm-hmm. just makes you play, in my opinion, faster, better, more physical. And then Ryan Tannehill, obviously, look, again, he's, he's not been as good this season. I'm not sure that's Derrick Henry-related. Uh, but you know that with Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry in there, it's tougher for defenses to now say, hey, look, we're going to take away one thing, right? Because if they put a guy in the box, well, guess what? As I mentioned, A.J. Brown's healthy. The offense, you, you can't put eight guys in the box against this offense if both those wide receivers are healthy and Derrick Henry is there. So I think that's what it means. Obviously, you're right. The, the numbers are the numbers. And, and, look, running the ball tends to be more of an offensive line stat, in my opinion, than it does a running back stat. Obviously, breaking tackles, yards after contact, those are running back stats uh, more. But I do think that confidence that Henry will bring this offense and this team, right? The entire team um, will get them playing where they want to be this weekend. All right, San Francisco at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by six. Obviously, we're waiting to hear about the status of a of a trio of San Francisco players, how well they're going to uh, you know, be if they're going to play in this game at all. Talking about Bosa, talking about Warner, obviously Garoppolo with the injuries. You land the points here, or are you taking them? Well, I think you have to wait to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do, right? Um, and uh, that uh, that's the issue, right, on, in this, is that, you know, if he doesn't play, obviously, it's a Packers player, you tease the Packers down. I think even now you would just tease the Packers down. It's not a great another teaser leg here really this week. But, um, you know, I think that the Packers are playing here. Here's what's concerning about, about this game if you're on the Niners' side. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's... How much do you trust him? Because the Niners almost do everything they can to avoid him having to be the offense, right? We, we, look, look at the simple errors he made last weekend. The interception, 
up 27 to three. I think it was some of the numbers. It was like an 84% chance that ball should have been completed, right? Like it, it was, yeah, it was wide open. Just hit the guy who's wide open. You're a professional quarterback in your seventh season. Just hit the wide open guy. And then on fourth and one, right? They they move Trent Williams over, and Jimmy G just doesn't wait a split second for Trent Williams to get set. Snaps the ball. They get the first down, but oopsie. You know, illegal, illegal uh, uh, shift uh, penalty. They call it a false start. That was Oopsie. wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Now you're on the road against against the Packers team. The Packers are the rare team. They get three All Pros back in this game, right? Yeah. David Bakhtiari came back week 17 for a half. Jared Alexander is back. I remember the first month of the year how good that pass defense was with him in the lineup. And Zadarius Smith, I believe, is going to play. He's not off injured reserve yet, but he's back practicing. I'd imagine he's active this week. I don't know how much he'll play, but that's three all pros back at left tackle, corner, and pass rusher. Like, they never happens in the playoffs. So, to me, it's, it's Green Bay all the way here. Again, six, it's a big number. Maybe you tease it down, uh, find somewhere else. Maybe, uh, maybe the under in, uh, in Tampa and in Los Angeles. All right, give me 60 seconds on each of these. Rams at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. It's three with reduced juice. You'll see some two and a halfs with extra juice here in favor of the Bucks. Yeah, don't bet against Tom Brady. That, 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 there, that's seven seconds. Is, is that a good enough answer there? <laughs> don't bet against Tom Brady. Like, why, why do people keep doing this? It's, it's Matt Stafford. Oh, I'll be fair. If, if the Rams throw the ball 17 times, they might win the game. But it's not going to happen, right? Matt Stafford can throw the ball 30, 35 times, throw two interceptions. Like, don't bet against Tom Brady. Just please don't do it. Don't bet on Matt Stafford on the road. The guy is, is 4-33 and 33 all time, straight up against teams with winning records. Like, come on, as an underdog against teams with winning records. Sorry, that's a very, a very no, terrible question. No, I, I love and the, the conviction. And, and, the, and the Chiefs and Bills is very simple. Um, I'm a Chiefs fan. If Buffalo scores on every offensive possession, the Chiefs will lose. I feel very comfortable in saying that. The problem is the Bills are 32nd in variance this season, according to Football Outsiders. They're 32nd in strength of schedule. They play so up and down each week. Is it, is, is, are we getting week week, uh, week 17 Josh Allen, who completed 53% of passes for 208 yards? Are we getting the week before that, 45% against Atlanta? Or are we getting the one we got we got Sunday, where he you know, threw for 300 yards and five touchdowns? Like, I don't know I'm getting with Buffalo. I know I'm getting Kansas City. They're good. They're playing better. Offense seems to be fine. So I'll take Kansas City at home. Uh, Mahomes all, you know, is a uh, favorite of three or less. It's, I think it's a 14-4-3 and three against the spread. So he's very good in these situations. Uh, I like Kansas City in this game. I, lo- I love the conviction, Jeff. So emphatically Tampa Bay, emphatically Kansas City. I'm hearing emphatically Green Bay as well. And you like the Titans, but you're not going to lay the points. So let me, let me ask you this as we conclude then, as, as we uh, get the music to uh, take you out here. Rank for me... Uh, from most likely to least likely, dogs winning outright. I think Buffalo is is the is the most is the easiest one to wager on, right? I mean, they're a good football team. Again, if they play their best game, yeah, Kansas City might lose. So Buffalo probably won. I would say um, the Bengals too, because Tennessee does have some warts, and I'm not quite sure about them at times. And then I would say uh, Los Angeles and the Niners. I just I can't see it, man. I just I, even if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, it seems like a, a big, a, a, a big hill to climb against a rested Green Bay team um, who's feeling good about the way they're playing right now. And they're getting healthier. Jeff, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right, take care, Gil. Jeff Schwartz, everybody, out of the gym. What do you say? Chest day, little little shoulder work, a little back work. He said, uh, a little cardio. 
Jeff, how would you rank it? Now we're talking Jeff Parles here. How would you rank that last question? From dogs, most likely outright upset to least likely. Jeff Schwartz coming in and saying, do not bet against Tom Brady. Yes, very emphatic. Uh, Opposite of what we've been talking about this whole week. I still have the Rams number one. So do I. Uh, Just, I I think they match the way they match up now. Stafford going turnover happy, absolutely potentially a problem. Uh, Cincinnati, two, and actually, you know what? Buffalo and Cincinnati are the same for me. Wouldn't shock me if either of them, but I probably would lean the favorite in the Kansas City one. And I agree with Jeff Schwartz on the 49ers. I don't see it. I'm going to say Rams first, Buffalo second. I I think for me, if you're betting on this football game, you're just an action junkie. The Bills-Chiefs game. I'll say San Francisco three, and I'll say Cincinnati four. I just don't see it with the Bengals. I really don't. I think this is a Titans week for sure. Boy, Jeff had some serious conviction. We'll come back. Dan Weston will join us as well. It's a numbers game. Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Don't forget to download the BetMGM app. It won't take you but a few seconds. And then, of course, go to the counter to open your account. It won't take you but a few minutes. That's how easy it is to put your BetMGM bets in. That's how quickly it takes. Five, ten minutes tops. Remember, football season in full effect. Football playoffs, anyway. And you can do that at any MGM property in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble uh, responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Jeffrey Parlay, you have an NBA uh, oh, Yeah, uh, quick note. quick thing on the, uh, on the upstart Chicago Bulls. Alonzo uh, Ball has a small meniscus tear. Uh, this is from Shams. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, evaluating treatment options. As we know, meniscus tears are fickle. They are, there's a big wide spectrum. We've seen guys miss short period of times. We've seen guys miss seasons like Derrick Rose did in the past with a meniscus tear. So not good news for the Bulls who have been one of the more positive stories so far in the NBA. We should put a disclaimer out. Jeffrey Parlay has not attended a medical school yet. I am not, I am not a doctor. He's no. not a physician, not a trained physician. But he is a physician on his you know, spare time. So I want to say a few things here before we get to Weston and tennis. One, I'm driving into work last night for primetime action to the show with uh, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. And, you know, while I'm singing my Lucy Pearl, I got thoughts in my head about sports and sports betting. You know, so I was just thinking, Jeff, the 
Last year, the biggest story in the NFL, Tom Brady not being on the Patriots for the first time, winning a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you think about, okay, what's the biggest, what's sort of the macro story of this year so far? And I would venture for me that it is. Forget, forget about our conviction on the Tennessee Titans, right? Let's throw that aside. You don't have to believe in the Titans like we have for the whole year. And let's say, let's say the Titans crap out this week, right? So it's not even, it's not even relevant to the point I want to make. But wouldn't you say there is no bigger story this year than the fact that the Tennessee Titans are the most disrespected number one seed in the history of number one seeds? And what I mean by that is, if there was, and now, now maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment, maybe I'm forgetting about a team. But what I mean about that is, you have a team that, that, that overcame everybody in their conference to be the number one seed. And if, if you were an underrating, if you were underrating a team like that, typically, your criticism would be, oh, well, they didn't play anybody. Okay, not only did they not play anybody, they played everybody, and they beat everybody. Right? They beat the Bills, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Niners, they beat the Colts twice, they beat the Rams. So it's the exact opposite of that criticism, if that criticism were to be levied. And then the other thing is, oh, well, they must have played teams that had a lot of injuries. No, they were the ones who had the injuries. Their best player was out nine weeks. And they had A.J. Brown out for a month. And they had Julio Jones in and out. And so I just, I feel like you put all of those things in the mix that is clearly the most fascinating part of this NFL season. And the market still continues to underrate them. You have just as many people who love the Bengals at the number this week. And they'll be dogs next week, no matter who they play, the Bills or the Chiefs. I think it's just the, I think it's the most underrated story that we're not hearing enough about in mainstream media. Just going through this in my head for one seeds that at least had the perception of being weak, this is probably the, at least perception-wise, the weakest number one seed since actually the Tennessee Titans in 2008. Perception-wise. Perception-wise. Where just going quick little research, 2008 Titans got the one seed. Week 16, they played Pittsburgh. In Nashville, winner gets the number one seed. Pittsburgh was a four-point favorite in that game. Tennessee destroyed them. Granted, what ended up happening, Tennessee lost to Baltimore in the AFC playoffs. Pittsburgh ended up winning the Super Bowl. That was their second Super Bowl year. So that number, and even though it was wrong on that day, ended up being right long-term. I'm just, Gil, it is definitely a storyline. If Tennessee loses, though. That not enough is being made up. If Tennessee loses this week, you're right. It kind yeah. of pokes if, a hole If in. Tennessee loses... It'll just be like, oh, you remember the year that Tennessee overachieved and got the one seed? But not if they get to the AFC championship. Not if they get to that. If they're, if they're in a, champion, a conference championship game, I think it holds no matter what happens after that. Uh, it depends on what happens in that game. Let's say Buffalo goes <laughs> in. And absolutely, let's say yeah. it's Buffalo or Kansas City goes there yeah, and pummels them. Happen. Ain't going to happen. I, but I, I, look, I don't think they're going to get destroyed by either of those but I'm teams just saying, anyway. At this moment in time, to me, that is the most fascinating thing that is not being emphasized enough about this, N- this NFL season. Because, again, it's, no, they, they didn't have the easy schedule. They had the hardest schedule. And not only did they play those teams, they beat those teams. Was it the other teams that had the injuries? That's clearly why they got the number one seed. No, they were the ones with the – like, it's everything is completely impressive. And no one wants to give them any credit. And Ryan Tannehill is a fascinating guy because 
You know how we talk about in the end, do you trust these guys or not? Do you trust Ryan, Hill, Ryan Tannehill in crunch time moments? Strangely, I do. And I don't think of him as a great quarterback. He's one of those weird weird evaluation guys. He's always been ever since uh, really his whole career. Because the whole team is a conundrum for folks. Yeah, it's just a bizarre – look, it's a bizarre situation where you have a team that going into the year – and keep in mind, Gil, I like Tennessee to win the South going into the year. I, I just didn't buy the – you can have a Carson Wentz-led team yeah. being the favorite in that division – and it ended up playing out that way. With a lot Tennessee of people. We all had Tennessee winning that division. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee winning winning the division comfortably in the end. Look. But but it really, look, it, it is a fascinating discussion going in. I For this game individually, I think the market's going to get the four by the time this game kicks. I really do. I just think it's worth bringing up because I just think it's like it's the it's the weirdest thing with this team. Let's just do a whole brain dump. The other thing, we had Lombardi on at the end of the show yesterday. and We asked about coaches. And he, I think correctly was outraged about the Kellen Moore love. And Troy Aikman, and we were trying to figure out the, the, the sequence of events on this. Troy Aikman was doing the Philadelphia-Tampa Bay game. Devontae Smith didn't get a single target till the two-minute warning. And Troy Aikman was going off on the fact that if he was playing back in his day, right? He, he, he said this on the broadcast with Joe Buck. He was like, Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches by now, right? Because he was in single coverage. And then he went on a radio show later and talked about how Kellen Moore is too, you know, I get it. You have this scheme, but like football's not that difficult. And I get that nobody cares about when I play, but football's not that difficult. And you know what, man? I, he's a hundred thousand percent. I know that's not possible. Right. Right. Both. I think Lombardi's right too. Like what's the fascination with a guy who's just my scheme. You're so arrogant about your scheme. And how many times have I said on this show? I know, I know it's like a drinking game. The best, the great, the difference between the good coaches and the great coaches, great coaches can adapt on the fly. They can adjust. They're not this Steve Spurrier, oh, I just pitch it and I catch it and we win football games. They're not Schottenheimer, I know how to win football games. You've never been to a Super Bowl. Like, they're guys who know, Joe Gibbs and Richie Pettibone, Joe Jackson Gibbs and Richie Pettibone would throw out, this is what I've said for a thousand times, the game plan all week. If it didn't work in the first half, they'd throw it out. They had the humility to know when they were wrong and adjust. Joe Gibbs 1.0 anyway. But this notion that Kellen Moore is, it's fascinating. And Troy Aikman's right. I found that interesting. The other thing is, and we saw these betting props up, just total brain dump here. We saw these betting props up, and currently they're down, Jeff, for coaches going for certain places. But the Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders thing is picking up steam. And I just wanted to get to the point of, like, would he do this or would he not? Because if it comes up, what would you bet? Would you bet Jim Harbaugh to go to the Raiders if that prop you know, resurfaces in spots. And I just, like, Jim, Jim Harbaugh's coaching record, let's all, let's go all the way back to USD. When he was coaching San Diego, 2004, 7 and 4. 2005, 11 and 1. Josh Johnson was his quarterback. 2006, 11 and 1. Then he goes to Stanford. They were 4 and 8 and 5 and 7, right, when he first got there. Then 8 and 5, 12 and 1. He goes and he coaches the Niners at that point. 13 and 3, 11 and 4, Super Bowl appearance, 11, 4 and 1, 12 and 4, 8 and 8. He goes back then to Michigan, 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 9 and 4. Oh, no, sorry, I'm a wrong column. No, no, that's the correct column. Uh, let me start again. 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 9 and 4, 2 and 4 because it was a pandemic year, and then 12 and 2 this year. But his whole tenure at Michigan, 
has been overrun by this narrative that he couldn't beat Ohio State. So for people who just like are of a certain age who didn't know about Jim Harbaugh before Michigan, they're like, oh, this guy can't win the big game. But he beat Ohio State this year, and he got to the playoffs, and he's got to be thinking to himself, that's it. I can't do any better here. I slayed the dragon, and Alabama's always going to exist as long as Nick Saban's there. And Georgia. Yeah, he's going to leave, right? I would think so if I were him. Look, and also, too, with the Niners, if Kyle Williams knows how to field a punt, they're in the Super Bowl in, 2000, in that 2011 season. Yeah, if the lights stay on, they'll and, probably get and, blown out, though. And, and, <laughs> and, and Richard Sherman made one of the better defensive plays you'll ever see in the third NFC title game they were in. Yeah. So they were very close to making three straight Super Bowls. The, the point of me going through that record is he is not just a good – he's a great coach. He's a very good coach until his players tune him out at he, the NFL. He does level. have that going on. But I'm just saying, like, the Raiders would be glad to have him, and I think he's going to go. And I'll say this also. We tend to, like, overrun guys like Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio who are, like, butts of jokes as head coaches. But if they get him as the defensive coordinator, he is an elite defensive coordinator. A Harbaugh-Fangio combination would be unbelievable here. Dan Weston, tennis, next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, that's the big game weekend, we should be more accurate. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game bedcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. We couldn't believe we're like sixth. So it was the Patriots-Falcons, where the uh, Patriots obviously uh, famously came back from a 28-3 deficit. The only Super Bowl where that score is more familiar to people than the final score, the 28-3 deficit, as we talked about the other day. But yeah, that was 2017. So yeah, this is the sixth. We just want to do fact-checking on our promos. <laughs> Turns out, checks out. Australian Open in full effect down in Melbourne. Australia. Dan Weston has been uh, getting it done. How you doing, Dano? At tennis ratings and, of course, doing his stuff for Betfair. He comes to us from across the pond. What's happening, Dan? Yeah, I'm good, Gil. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So let me let me tell you again what happened yesterday. So yesterday I'm on this show, and I don't know, it's about six hours before you put out your stuff. I give out my two picks. It is uh, it's Mulcan, Alex Mulcan on the uh, men's side uh, in his match, taking on... Uh, a Duhar? No, no. Yeah, a Duhar yesterday. Pardon me. Was it a Duhar? I can't even remember now. Yep. Yes. And then uh, on the ladies' side, uh, it was Marie Buskova. Marie Buskova against Kaya Kanepi. And so, you know, I give out those picks. That's what my numbers point to. And then later in the day, Dano, you come out with your stuff, and you're like, Buskova is a, is a, definite, uh, is a definite lean for you, as was, uh, in fact, the men's side on uh, on. You know, Mulcan. And so, you know, that I, obviously I look at that and I'm like, well, Dan, Dan Weston's all about it, too. And then, you know, sometimes that's but that's the thing about sports betting, right? The numbers can point to something is in, in long term. These things will, will manifest, but they sure didn't yesterday. By the way, I had one where I, I was saying earlier that I matched with Drew on Oscar Ote before <laughs> that didn't work out either. So it's just been that kind of tournament, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's just to some degree. I mean, you look at the match data from the Molkan match against Andujar. It's incredible. Andujar wins the match um, three sets to one. 
and won the, the fourth set 6-1, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the overall match stats, they won the same amount of points. So Mulcan was two sets to one down and had won considerably more points in the match than Andujar. So that's the variance that we have to, to take into account. And Andujar saved 14 of 18 break points. Yes. And for, it, it... for 22% conversion for Mulcan is, you know... Sometimes you just don't get it done yeah. as a player in those break points. And and the one the one the one good result yesterday for, for us was well for me it was Clara Towson who uh, you, we talk about Swiatek a lot. She could be the new one. Yes. She could. Clara Towson could absolutely be the next Iga Swiatek bubbling under, that's for sure. And we've talked about Clara Towson before. Uh you took mm-hmm. her plus the games yesterday and she won it outright. Uh, against yeah. against Anna Contevate, who's again one of these players who, at the end of last year, was about as good as any player on tour, uh, if not the best. She was just tremendous, and Towson just took her out. You know, back to the Mulcan thing for a second, because I think this is a good thing for those who are not in tennis. This relates to other American sports. You mentioned the four for seventeen on break points. At one point, he was one for fourteen on break points. <laughs> right, he got all three of those in that set where he bageled him. So at one point he was one for uh, one for fourteen, I believe it was one for thirteen or one for fourteen on break points. Those are the tennis equivalents of runners in scoring position in our sport of baseball, Dan, and third down conversions in American football. They are the high leverage moments that our eyes, right when we're watching, when we're watching baseball and football. We watch it, but we don't. Our brain doesn't necessarily register it in the broader picture of the game. I think in tennis it does a little more because it's it's clearer. Like the, those are the bigger moments, but that's a lot of sports betting just comes down to, regardless of the sport, those moments. And sometimes they work out for you, sometimes they don't. That's how it works out. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you do? You, I I looked at these today. I didn't see a whole bunch on either the men's or ladies side. How did you come mm-hmm. out on this? Just before I came on here, I, I wrote my Betfair preview. I haven't published it yet. I just, I've just written it. And uh, that was pretty much exactly word for word what I wrote on the women's preview. There's just not a lot out there at all that I fancy. Uh, there's a case to be made for a couple of favorites being short. Paula Bedosa, Madison Keys, maybe, looking a little bit short against... Uh, uh, Marta Kostic, who's a very high, uh, against Marta Kostic, who's a very high potential young player. Uh, Keys against Kiang Wang, who we know has a good ceiling from two years ago. Who's she's had she's had a inconsistent time, hasn't played a lot the last couple of years. Um, Keys has played a lot of matches in the last week and a half, and I'm not comfortable with either player being around one to four. Basically, you're putting four dollars on, you're getting one dollar back if you win. Um, and but the, my 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 biggest lean in the women's, and it's not a strong lean, is Amanda Anisimova with a four and a half game start over Naomi Osaka. I like it. That was the one I I considered it, but I, it couldn't get there. But I, I I totally understand the thinking. And by the way, just to clarify for folks again, sorry to to do this, Dan, is to interrupt. But what Dan says just a little short by our betting math, right? The way that we do betting parlance here, uh, the mechanics of betting, 
that would mean just a little long, meaning just a little bigger of a favorite than they ought to be is what you meant by that. Um, but yes, so Anisimova plus the games against Osaka because Anisimova's been playing great. The, n- the numbers are there. Obviously, Osaka, if she's peak form, should probably get it done. But did you, mm. so ultimately you did take Anisimova in the games? Yeah, so so obviously we know that she's seven unbeaten this season and uh, obviously the very good winners well over Benchic in the last round that we were on. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure that Osaka is really at that peak level that, that would get it done, basically. Yeah. yeah. She had injury problems towards the back end of last season, which we know about. She withdrew from the warm-up event in Melbourne as well a couple of weeks back. So we know that Anissimova is a young player on a nice upward curve. And and this is this is a big test for Osaka compared to, to, to what she's faced so far. So I, I think Anissimova can keep this pretty close at least. What did you end up with on the men's side? Men's, I looked at uh, a couple of couple of spots. Um, if Berrettini's fit against Carlos Alcaraz, I, I think Berrettini's price is too generous, but that's not really a given. Uh, the other spot I l- sort of looked at a bit was Sebastian Corda against Pablo Carreño Busta. So Corder is the slight underdog there, but you know his ceiling's massive. Like he could easily break into top twenty this season, uh, and numbers-wise, there's not really much to split them anyway. Uh, um, so Corder as an underdog looks very, very capable of getting a win. But I'm going against the pick I can see at the top of the screen. Oh no, we're Oppo. <laughs> oh no. So uh, so I am going for Shapovalov against Riley Pelka. Uh, and the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm unconvinced that Apelka is quite as good as some of his results were last season. You know, he, he reached the latter stages of a couple of big tournaments. Uh, I think there was one even on clay that he got to the final in the Masters. Uh, and he's done that because he's won a lot of tie breaks. You know, he's won almost seven, 70% of tie breaks in the last 12 months. And that's a pretty unsustainable route to long-term success. Uh yeah, it's going to be a big serving match. We know that there's not going to be that many chances. It's going to be fairly high variance who takes their chances. And maybe there will be tiebreaks, but just because of Helka's won 70% of tiebreaks in the last 12 months doesn't mean to say he's going to win the next 70% of tiebreaks this year. You know, that that could easily mean revert. Uh, and my numbers have Shapovalov as the favorite uh, and a slightly, slightly better favorite than the market would suggest. Makes sense. I, I too considered Corda as well. I couldn't quite get there because I think Karenia Busta mm-hmm. uh, has numbers as well. So I, ultimately, I didn't pull the trigger, yep. but you're obviously 100% right about Corda's ceiling. Uh, a year from now, we won't be having this conversation probably in a Corda Karenia Busta match. Uh, and with Opelka and Shapovalov, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, is a, it is obviously lined pretty close to where it ought to be. Opelka has had the best in tiebreakers. I just think that serve ultimately is going to make the difference. And and here's where it gets a little a little subjective on my part for sure. I don't trust Shapovalov in a match like this. I just don't think he will. You know, he had some great results at the end of last year. Maybe that changes over time. But I'll believe it when I see it. I think this is a, a huge test for both guys. But I ultimately want Opelka. So Dan and I opposite. Oh no, that's not good. This hardly ever happens, Gil. Hardly ever. But if it was, if it was going to happen, it would be a match like this, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a pick and match where where both players around even money kind of thing. Yeah, Dan, I know you're. Uh, you said you're uh, going on vacation next week, so we won't be able to talk to you then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just been great reconnecting with you. So glad to have you on the show. Let's have you on more often. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Dan West and everybody at Tennis Ratings. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. At Cheers, Gil. You too. Dan, uh, Dan uh, Tennis Ratings on Twitter. You can follow him uh, with his Betfair pieces as well. Dan, oh, not last night, but the night before. He did hit the uh, Towson plus the games last night. The night before, though, Anisimova's a dog. Kikmanovic has a dog. Greekspor plus the games. So he had a monster night uh, two nights ago. The best in the business. Dan Weston, ladies and gentlemen, on the sport of tennis. Will Hill from the New York City cast. We'll talk divisional round with him as well. Get his thoughts on all four games this weekend. That's next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn ammo life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five at eight is here. Uh, Jeff uh, Dano, Dan Weston, just uh, texting me. He's like, I might come uh, to Vegas after, he said, after the uh, Omicron dies down. After Omicron dies. You imagine hanging out with Dan Weston here in Vegas? I would. Love, how great would that be? He would. I get the sense that Dano would uh, would drink us under the table within ten minutes. Obviously, I don't drink at all. But like that, it would, say he's it definitely would just, getting you on drinking you yeah, under the table I'm in about saying, three minutes. He would just destroy everybody. Just had love Dano. That would be fun. Looking forward to that. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, always appreciate all the feedback from everybody. This is from do to do to do. Okay, this is from the mailman. Said, I wonder how many snaps Henry took with the box stacked against him versus Foreman. It's a good point for sure. Uh, this is from Timmy K4. He's responding to the whole thing we were talking about. Has there ever been a more disrespected number one seed than the Titans? He brings up the 2017 Eagles. Uh, coming to mind as a lowly regarded number one seed. The 2017 Eagles, who uh, won the Super Bowl with replay rules from the future. 
if you recall correctly. Do you remember that? Like they hadn't they hadn't judged replays the whole regular season. The I, way they I don't know. I, I I enjoyed Corey Clemens' touchdown because I had a many time touchdown. The, cor- that game. the Corey Clemens <laughs> touchdown, which they which they said like a month later, the head of officiating was like, "Yeah, it's next year's rules." <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael Burns sounds like Gil might need a GoFundMe account if the Titans don't cover this week. Love the conviction, sir. No, 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 no not going crazy on it. I mean, I am betting the Titans, but it's the, I have Titans futures for sure. But yeah, it's like anything else. I'm just saying, I think it's a fascinating story that they've done everything right without players, and before that, beaten all the good teams. It's just a fascinating story to me that that they're disrespected like that. Uh, Phil Weiss, I disagree completely. Oh, Phil, that's no surprise. I disagree completely. Why would Jim Harbaugh want to go back to the uh, to the pros and work double the hours for less money and more grief? Well, first of all, I don't know about the less double money. Double the hours? Yeah. I, Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, and we're also talking about Jim Harbaugh. We're not talking about a normal human being here. Jim Harbaugh l- would love to have the, uh, d- would love to go back to the pros and be successful there. But what Jeff, what you were saying before is the biggest, I think is the biggest Jim Harbaugh point, because this definitely happened in San Francisco. After three, four years, he and Trent Balky butted heads there in San Francisco. And at, at that point, I even said to my buddies when they when they just had lost the Super Bowl, this is a true story, right after they lose the Super Bowl, where he's at the peak of his coaching, you know, arc. And I said to them, I go, watch within two years. He'll be gone. What are you talking about? I say, if you're not Bill Belichick, everybody has a two-year shelf life. And sure enough, with Harbaugh, it was both the 8-8 eight and eight record and, and personality conflicts. This is from, let's see, Chris Sells. Uh, Gil, where can I find your newsletter, and does it come out every day? Thank you, sir. The VEASAN newsletter, available, Jeff, at VEASAN.com slash newsletter. Oh, I thought you said subscribe was better. You can do that, too. See, you're always faking me out with that. That's why I ask. All right. Same. John Fitzgibbons. Breakpoint variance? Breakpoint Plinko? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, and then Nemesis Enforcer. You ever look at set bets in tennis? Some great value on numbers, especially WTA. ATP can get dicey with five uh, five setters. BetMGM seems to price faves automatically to win in straights. As a competitive recreational player, I know how tough it is to win in straights. Uh, I don't do as much set betting, but I've, I've dabbled in it before. I do plus the games sometimes or minus the games like Dano does. Let's talk to Will Hill. He hosts the New York City cast. What's happening, Will? What's going on, guys? How's it going? It's going great. Great to see you, man. Um, let's start with Cincinnati, Tennessee. Who you got? Tennessee minus three and a half, 47. Plug your ears, Gil. I like Cincy. Ah. I really like Cincy. I, I can't get to this number with the Titans. I, I know it's a bad spot. Uh, you know, the, the Titans are rested. They're getting healthier. I just can't get to this number at three and a half. And you know what? I, I know the Bengals had to play last week, but they kind of had a quasi buy two weeks ago against the Browns. They rested everybody. And, you know, we've seen it in all these sports. These teams, they get a game under the belt. Sometimes that's a good thing. You know, we see it. The wild card teams typically do pretty well in baseball. You know, we have the Giants and the Royals playing the World Series. You know, the wild cards teams usually do pretty well. NCAA tournament, these teams come out of the playing game. Once they get their feet settled, the game under them. You know, we've seen Syracuse make runs to the Sweet 16. We saw VCU make the Final Four. Uh, I just don't know that it's a big deal. The, the Bengals are a younger team. Three and a half's a lot. Uh, I, a lot of people are on the Titans. I'm surprised. I thought the Bengals were going to be kind of a trendy underdog. Uh, I'm on the Bengals here. You know, you know what? I, a point I think we need to make because we we've gotten a very in fashion in saying, "Oh yeah, home field's not what it used to be in the NFL," and and it, you know it breaks out uh, point wise that way, like actually by the math. I think in the playoffs it's still a thing. I, I uh, you know, and I think that's a, an underrated point in the playoffs. That's just me, just me. 
San Francisco at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by six. What do you got? I really want to like San Francisco here. It's just, it's got a scary here with the injuries, uh, Warner Bosa. Now the thing with Garoppolo with the hand and a shoulder. I mean, I know they're probably not going to ask a lot of, of Garoppolo. They're, they're going to go with the, you know, they had the Mac Jones in Buffalo Monday night game plan before that. I mean, two years ago, I mean, they, I think Garoppolo threw seven passes in that title game. They're going to try to to get away from Garoppolo, but you know, at some point green Bay is just going to stack the box and, and make San Francisco throw the ball. Uh, and Green Bay's getting a little healthier on defense. I think it's a good matchup for San Francisco. It's too many points if they're completely healthy. Uh, I just don't know that they are. So for me, it's a stay away uh, until you get more information on Bosa and Warner. And you know, I don't know if the Niners are going to get the uh, the James Woods doctor from any given Sunday to come in and clear <laughs> Bosa, but they really need Bosa. I'm I'm with you on the stay away so far. I just need more information. Uh, Rams at Bucks. It's two and a half here at the South Point. Yeah, I'm surprised. I got I got some cheap money line on the Bucks. I, I know the offensive line is an issue, but Brady's really good at getting the ball out of his hands, kind of mitigating that. Uh, Worse is a big issue, but looks like Jensen's going to play. Uh, to me, I, I know it's square, but Brady versus Stafford, just in a close game, I'm just going to defer uh, here to Brady. And again, this is a, a rest advantage for Tampa. Mon- Monday night, uh, you know, the Rams had to play. Now they got to fly across country uh, and, and play in Tampa. I lean the Bucks. Uh, if I was going to play the, the Rams, you know, maybe tease it up to through the three, through the seven with Buffalo. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. These games this weekend are all just fantastic. I think we're in line for, you know, probably three of the four, usually just by odds. One of them will probably be a stinker, but I think we'll get three really good games this weekend. Uh, I do lean bucks here on the money line. Yeah. That's the one nice thing about the stinky teams being knocked out last week, right? Is that yeah. you're insured. It looks like you'll have four good games this weekend. And then finally, the Bills and the and the Chiefs marquee matchup of the weekend. Like, if you play this game on the side, aren't you an action junkie? Like, how can you parse out these two teams right now? Yeah, I'm with you. I, there's one prop in this game I really like: under three and a half made field goals. I think the Bills really got in trouble last year kicking short field goals. You know, in in a slugfest in a nine eight baseball game, you can't be sacrificing sacrifice bunting. Uh, they they really got in trouble, you know, not keeping up with Kansas City. Remember, they're up nine nothing, and Kansas City just stormed past them. Uh, to me, this is a shootout. This is 34-31, 31-28. I don't see a lot of field goals here. I think the, both these teams will be aggressive. Uh, definitely lean towards the over. It looks like the under's taking some money, but I like the over. I think under three and a half uh, made field goals is a good way to go. I just don't think you can settle for field goals in a game like this. There you go. There's a prop bet right there. If if the Chiefs blew them out, I wouldn't be surprised. If it went down to the wire, it wouldn't be surprised. I think the only thing that would surprise me a little is if the Bills won handily. Um, but I could see a Chiefs run out as well. I shouldn't probably say it's just an action junkie game. Some people might be justified in their conviction. So let me ask you what I asked Jeff Schwartz earlier. Rank the dogs in terms of outright victory, most likely to least likely. Rank the dogs for me for outrights. It's a good question. Uh, I'll go with, boy, yeah, I guess just go with, I'll go Bills, Bengals, Rams, and then 49ers just because of the uncertainty. You can put all three of those uh, those first three in a box for me. I know people like the Titans, but uh, these, these are all pretty short spreads. It's tough because there's not a great teaser piece. You, know, you can tease the Bills and I guess the Rams, but there's really not that great you know, second leg of the teaser. Some of these books will let you keep an open spot for a teaser. Maybe you can tease the bills up to seven and a half and just leave one of the spots open. But there's not that great, you know, dance partner uh, in terms of that second part of, part of the teaser. You beat me to the question because I was going to say, who do you, who is the bills dance partner? If in fact the bills is the anchor leg, I think it's bills Rams for me too. Like if yeah. I was forced to play one, I think it's bills Rams Rams Niners would, would, you know, there is no Wong right besides the bills. Although I guess the Rams are in that territory now, so Bills Rams would be the Wong teaser. There's your Wong answer, but 
Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought I don't, about. Yeah, I, I thought about San Fran, but you know what worries me? Third straight elimination game. They're you know L.A. They had to win, and they fighting Dallas. Now they're fighting Green Bay. You know Garoppolo's hand, his shoulder. You worry about a tired team late in the game. You know Rogers just pulling away, and like I said, Green Bay is getting a little bit healthier on defense. You know they're getting Smith back. Looks like Alexander back. You worry about a, a tired San Fran team fading. Will, appreciate it, man. At not Diggle. the Will Hill with two E's. New York City cast. I'll retweet it as many times as you want, brother. New York appreciate City. Appreciate it, guys. Cast. See ya. Thank you. He's having a ball with that podcast, too. Uh, Will Hill, part of the podcast network here at VEASAN. And just great to have on any show on multiple sports. We'll come back unscripted with the crack man next. Numbers game, VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.